0: And welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now on our 32nd episode for 2021. You know, last week the Senate passed the infrastructure bill on a vote of 69 to 30. The $65 billion broadband infrastructure part of this bill addresses four key areas. You know, $42.5 billion to deploy a future network network to all Americans. This is on top of the ARPA's $10 billion for broadband capital projects. And additional broadband projects are eligible for expenditures as part of the $350 billion appropriations to state and local governments. The second part is broadband subsidies of $30 per month for low-income Americans. The third part is uh, funding to accelerate the country's progress towards addressing both broadband access and adoption challenges. And then the fourth part is funding to address uh, digital training and literacy. The bill is now in the House, and Pelosi's called for the House return from recess next week for a vote. Uh, there's been some pressures from a group of democrats to vote on the infrastructure bill first but it appears the Pelosi will try to move forward with a budget resolution before tackling the infrastructure bill you know there's a lot of moving parts and things are changing daily so stay tuned but for more details on that uh, we have a broadband infrastructure um, webinar tomorrow thursday um, august 19th at 3 pm so please join us for that Speaking of investment, today we're back with Wall Street equity analyst Jonathan Chaplin, the managing partner of New Street Research, discuss the significant new fiber investment coming and how companies will create value by turning copper into fiber as they execute effectively. And again, good morning and welcome everybody. I'm Gary Bolton, the president and CEO of the Fiber Broadband Association. You know, Last time we met with Dr. Jennifer Kent of Parks and Associates to discuss her latest research on the new home service bundle. And we found that the triple play bundle is dead, but tremendous opportunities exist with new types of value added service bundles. And we haven't yet seen a ceiling yet on subscriber ARPU. This morning, we have Wall Street equity analyst, Jonathan Chaplin, manager partner of New Street Research to discuss the significant investment in fiber is coming and how companies are driving material valuation Growth by upgrading copper to fiber. Today's discussion is going to focus on the value was going to be created through the recent Lumen Apollo deal and how Apollo will drive value by upgrading the acquired copper assets to fiber and on Lumen's plans with its retained assets, and which company will create more value. Jonathan Chaplin is the managing partner of New Street Research, a boutique equity research firm. Focused on the communication services industries, with offices in New York, London, and Singapore. Prior to New Street, Jonathan led the telecom research team at Credit Suisse and the telecom and cable research teams at J.P. Morgan. Jonathan started his career in finance and the M&A group at J.P. Morgan. He focused on the telecommunications sector. Jonathan has repeatedly been recognized among the best on Wall Street, uh, among telecom analysts by the Wall Street Journal, Forbes Magazine. Um, Institutional Investor Magazine. Jonathan is an avid alpinist, climbing technical peaks all over the world. When he can't tear himself away from the worlds of uh, finance and communications, so welcome, Jonathan.
1: Thanks, Gary. Glad to be here.
0: Great to have you. And for our audience, you know, please type your questions as you go for our Q&A at the end of the presentation. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to
1: Jonathan. Great. Can you guys see my slides? Perfect. Awesome. So one of the most common questions we get from public market equity investors is, why the sudden rush to invest in fiber now? There's a common perception that investing in fiber is bad business. Companies that have tried in the past, Google, Verizon, have seen uninspiring returns, at least that's the common perception, and and have abandoned the projects midway. We thought we'd give you our answer to that question, first in the abstract and then by taking a closer look at the Lumen transaction with Apollo. Starting with the abstract, there are two reasons that capital is chasing fiber investment at the moment. The first is that investing in fiber generates attractive returns under the right circumstances. This slide reflects cumulative households ordered by household density on the X axis and the returns we would expect from upgrading copper to fiber on the Y axis. There are about 55 million homes that are served with fiber today. These are excluded from the chart. What we show here is the 85 million homes that are currently not served with fiber. Of these, we estimate another 55 million homes could be upgraded to fiber with returns that are above 9%. The average return across the 55 million homes that we consider attractive here is 13%, which is compelling when you consider that many of the operators deploying fiber will have a capital cost that's in the mid-single digits. There are several factors that shape the returns. The two most important factors are household density and market structure. Household density determines deployment cost, market structure determines penetration. In a duopoly market, we estimate the deployment cost of 2,200 would support an IRR of about 9%. In a monopoly market, the deployment cost could be as high as 3,600, to generate the same return. The 9% IRR threshold that we've used is somewhat arbitrary. Operators may well accept a lower return. For example, it may be more efficient for purposes of deployment and for marketing to upgrade census blocks with lower returns that are surrounded by or adjacent to blocks with high returns. I think in many cases, it's going to be the average return across a big block of contiguous um, uh, census blocks that is going to drive where fiber goes, which probably means it. There's a bigger opportunity than what we're, we're showing in these slides. The second reason that capital's chasing fiber is because capital's chasing fiber. There have been dozens of transactions for fiber assets in the past few years. This is a representative sl- sample on this slide. The average multiple. Uh, for transactions that we're showing here is 15 times EBITDA with four transactions at 20 times EBITDA or higher. About half of the the acquirers have been strategic and half have been financial. Multiples are high and rising because fiber is a long-lived asset serving a market with rising utility with an attractive market structure and high barriers to entry. The market structure with high barriers ensures that market participants enjoy pricing power. This in turn guarantees attractive returns. There's been growing demand for these kinds of assets, particularly among sovereign wealth funds and other similar funds that can take on private equity-like investment timeframes. These funds typically don't expect to return in a quarter or a year. They might hold assets for a decade or more. With money flowing into infrastructure focused funds and with a limited number of targets, investors with shorter timeframes can build fiber assets knowing that they have an exit within a few years. Apollo can buy assets today at five to six times knowing that with some investment they can sell it ten times in a few years, which makes for a very compelling investment case for Apollo. The demand for assets makes for a liquid market which in turn makes it easier to deploy capital in the market. There are about eight large companies amongst the, the companies that we track with plans to deploy fiber to 27 million homes over the next few years. In most cases, these are ILEX upgrading old copper plant with fiber. With the Lumen Apollo deal, eight becomes 10, both Lumen and Apollo will commit capital to upgrading lines. The ILEX we're showing here plan to upgrade about 53% of their homes, including homes that they've already upgraded. Um, But the average is dragged down by AT&T. Excluding AT&T, the average is about 66%. Most have said they may push further as they near the end of their current plan. In some cases, ILEX have sold off portions of their infrastructure to to help fund investment in the infrastructure they keep. It will certainly be easier for Lumen to invest in fiber in the markets that they retain after monetizing a large block of assets. The sellers also benefit from a narrowed focus. Turning to the specifics of the Lumen Apollo deal, Lumen was formed through a roll-up of a number of assets, starting with CenturyLink, a rural local exchange carrier, with assets spread across the South and the Midwest. Their biggest acquisition was Quest itself, a combination of Quest, a long-haul fiber company in US West, the original Baby Bell, in the Pacific Northwest, the Mountain States, and the upper Midwest. There have been other deals too for Embark, another ILEC, Level 3, a long-haul fiber company, among others. Lumen is keeping the long-haul assets and the U.S. West assets, and selling the old CenturyLink and Embark assets to Apollo. It's not quite that clean, but that's largely how the assets have been divided. The assets are all undoubtedly a mess. They likely haven't seen adequate levels of investment for years, in some cases for decades. But the markets that Lumen is keeping are the more attractive ones. They have an urban-suburban footprint with the bulk of the lines concentrated in six big cities, including Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis, Denver, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix. The old CenturyLink Embark assets, by contrast, are far more rural. They cover the more rural portions of the states colored in orange in this chart. Based on our analysis, we think Lumen can upgrade close to half of the lines they retain, 10 million lines at an IRR of 9% or better. Lumen said that they'll upgrade 70% or 15 million lines so what accounts for the difference? Either our cost estimates are too high, or Lumen's willing to accept IRRs below 9% on some of the lines. We think it's very well, uh, very likely to be the latter. We estimate that if they upgrade 15 million lines, uh, 15 million of the lines they retain, the average return for the entire project would be 11%, which isn't bad. We estimate that reasonably high densities will will drive an average upgrade cost of about $1,200 per home passed across the 10 million homes that we think look attractive in our model. The total bill is going to be large, an estimated $11.6 billion. Given balance sheet constraints and businesses under strain, we can see why Lumen might feel compelled to sell assets to fund the upgrade of what they've retained. We estimate that only 2.3 million of the lines being sold to Apollo can be upgraded at IRRs of 9% or better. Lower densities, even among the attractive portion of the base, means a higher average upgrade cost of 1500 bucks per home passed. The average return for the project would still be a relatively decent 12%. The total project will require an investment of about three and a half billion. Following the upgrade, and again, based on our preliminary estimates, about a third of Apollo's assets will be fiber compared to close to half for uh, uh, for Lumen. This graphic shows revenue EBITDA and cash flow associated with just the the fiber investment for each of the sets of assets. This ignores the cash being generated by the copper assets today, which in both cases will help fund the fiber investment. We assume Lumen deploys fiber at a pace of about 1.6 million homes per year, Apollo at a pace of about 0.6 million. And at this pace, assuming they stop at 10 million lines, Lumen would complete the project in six years, breaking even in the seventh. Apollo would complete the project in three years, breaking even in the fourth. After folding in revenues generated and incremental costs incurred while fiber is being deployed, we estimate that Lumen will burn close to $12 billion and Apollo close to $4 billion. Again, both analyses exclude cash generated by the copper assets, which would lower the the cash burn for both. We value the fiber and copper Um, lines at close to $4,000 and $1,100 per home passed, respectively. These are well-established values. I've got a slide in the appendix that goes through it. Based on these values, Lumen's access line business would be worth close to $50 billion once the upgrade is complete with 75% 75 of the value contributed by the fiber assets. It would cost Lumen $14 billion to upgrade the asset subtracting this would get us to a net value of 35 billion dollars bear in mind lumen's current enterprise value is about 35 billion dollars after adjust, adjusting for the divestitures to apollo and Stone Peak. in other words if they were to get credit for the full fiber de- deployment today the enterprise and long-haul assets that, that, that are the company's focus their core business would have an implied value of zero if we assume the lines that are all, the lines that they upgrade are all being valued at $1,100 today, then Lumen would manufacture about $13 billion in new value from the upgrade. That's about $12 a share, suggesting 100% upside for Lumen stock. The existing lines aren't being given that value today though, so the value creation opportunity is even greater than what we're sharing here for Lumen. On the same analysis, the Apollo assets would be worth 14 billion with 64% coming from fiber, Subtracting out the upgrade cost and the acquisition price of $7.5 billion, Apollo will manufacture about $2.5 billion in value. This isn't a great return on $7.5 billion over three to four years, but when you consider that Apollo will likely use a big slug of debt to fund the acquisition, the return on equity could be very compelling indeed. In both cases, if they find the project isn't going according to plan, they can sell. Um, that's the benefit of having a liquid market. They may not make great money on a sale in the event of a poorly executed upgrade, but they probably won't lose money either. Um, I've got a couple of slides in the appendix here that I won't go through in detail now, um, but uh, um, the, they're, they're here for your um, edification. Um, and I'm happy to sort of talk through with any of you the details of the analysis that that under underlies these slides in general. The first one covers the drivers um, of IRR in our model. The second one illustrates the impact of market returns when you go when you add players to a market. It basically shows that for every player you add, you have the value per access line um, for. Um, for all participants in the market. And the third one lays out how we get to our values of 3800 bucks a line for a fiber line and 1100 bucks a line for a copper line. And with that, let me uh, hand it over to questions. Gary?
0: Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, a lot of detail, a lot of information there. So if I was to net this out, um, basically what I hear you saying is that um, you're this investment is going to be somewhere around um, 15 times EBITDA. So, and if I look at kind of your past research, you were saying that, um, you know, copper companies are trading at about five times EBITDA and fiber are, are more like 12 and a half times. So this is, sounds pretty accretive for no matter what your base is.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Gary. So Apollo's buying assets at five to six times EBITDA, upgrading them and ending up with assets at you know somewhere between 12 and a half 15 times or higher and that's the that's the value creation it's sort of we think of it as the alchemy of turning copper into gold um, it it takes time to extract that value it's not a it's not a quick return it it takes a, a lot of time effort and capital to go out and upgrade copper lines to fiber but given the market structure that that investment is being made into uh, which, which more or less locks in an attractive return. The as, as long as the market structure holds, it it it's it's a it's a very compelling investment. Which it, which essentially is is why we're seeing fi- a capital flood flood into the fiber market at the moment.
0: And so the reason that they wouldn't just go, I mean, you, you look at this kind of return, you're like, well, why wouldn't you just take every copper line you have and upgrade it to fiber? But you, you're saying it really comes down to to density. And so once you hit a certain density level, uh, then you would um, not have as great a return. Is that what you're saying? The That's 9% exactly return?
1: Right. Yeah, so the cost to deploy is 100% correlated with market density or being, to be more specific, the distance between the home and the closest fiber. Um, most of the deployment costs, as you guys know, is is all in labor and so and and the labor cost is is a function of the distance that you're that you're pulling the fiber. Um, and and so the you know very rural markets, very low low density, long distance to pull fiber, the cost to deploy fiber to a home could be in extreme cases, fifty or sixty thousand dollars. You'll never get a return on that investment at 50 or 60 dollars of ARPU or you know even at 100 dollars of ARPU. Um, it would be a, a money losing proposition. At the other end of the spectrum in dense markets you can upgrade a home for 500 bucks um, and it, you know 75 dollars of 70-75 dollars s- 70, of ARPU you make an incredible return in a really short space of time. And so that's the kind of spectrum that you're looking at and the the, the number of homes you can upgrade at attractive returns depends on on the mix of of markets you've got. How how dense, uh, how, how many homes you've got in markets that are more dense, relative to less dense.
0: So we got a ton of questions, but just kind of just make sure I understand this. So on Lumen, did you you said there's a 100% upside in stock? That and I was a little um, confused on the did they create 35 billion dollars in value in a, uh, over their their current valuation today, or where where do they end up as how on the value creation?
1: Yeah, so the the Lumen Lumen's enterprise value today is about thirty five billion dollars in value, and I think most people think of Lumen as an enterprise long haul um, wholesale company, not a local exchange carrier. Um, the they've got a a, a a very attractive local exchange business that's mostly copper today um, that we think is largely ignored by the market. What we're saying is if you gave that um, local exchange business its proper value, assuming that they upgrade half of the lines from copper to fiber, the, the local exchange business on its own is worth $35 billion, which is all of, it, of Lumen's enterprise value. Essentially, you'd get their core business for free if, if the market gave them that, 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 that proper value. And then looking at it a different way, so setting that analysis aside, if you look at the value they create um, from upgrading copper to fiber, um, taking out the upgrade costs and taking out something to reflect the fair value that those lines are getting by the market today, in the very most conservative analysis, you would create, um, um, uh, uh, I forget what the, what the, what the value is so 12 almost 13 billion dollars of value which equates to about 12 dollars a share um which is about what lumen trades at today so you you would double their value per share on the on the most conservative way of thinking about the value creation from uh from this deal and so if, if lumen can execute on this project effectively and and bear in mind we're saying we're looking at them upgrading just half of their lines, not 70% here. If they can do that effectively, they're going to create a boatload of value for equity holders and and Apollo will as well. They're, they've got fewer lines with an opportunity to turn copper into gold, um, but it's enough that they're going to manufacture two and a half billion dollars of, of new value once you take out the upgrade costs and what they paid for those lines up front. Um, And on on the equity that they're likely to inject into this deal, which will be a lot less than seven and a half billion dollars, they're going to make a fantastic return.
0: So both Lumen and Apollo are big winners in this deal if they execute on their fiber upgrades.
1: Yeah. And I would put a big, you know, bold underline uh, under um, if they execute. There are a lot of upgrade projects going on um, at the moment. Uh, and they they've all got attractive returns if they can execute effectively. There's a question, you know, two questions we have: is there enough management talent spread around the industry um, for ten guys to do this effectively um, at the same time? And then secondly, with ten guys that we're focused on, but but probably dozens more um, smaller players that we, we're not focused on, all competing for labor resources. Um, that's ultimately get, has the potential to have an impact on the cost to upgrade as well, um which could could negatively impact the returns. so the 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 uh, the, the 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 value created from turning copper into gold is fantastic if these teams can execute effectively, get the resources, the labor resources they need, um, and do things on time on budget.
0: so yeah, a ton of questions, and maybe we can try to get some short answers here, but um so on the day that the providers start building, how long before they start seeing that 13% return? Is it one year, five years? I think at chart 10 you showed when you got to break even and free cash flow, but to get that 13% return, what's the runway on that?
1: So um, we think that in, in Lumen's case, that they'll upgrade 60 uh, 1.6 million homes a year, at least that's what we've assumed in this little analysis, let's, let's, um, it, 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 for the homes that they that they upgrade in in year one, we think they'll probably be at peak penetration at uh, within within four to six years. Um, so that's how long it would take to get a get the full return on the capital that they deploy in year one. Um, and then it would be for the ones that they deploy in year two. Um, four to six years from then, and the ones they deploy in year three, four to six years from then, right. So it's you know I would stress that it takes time to make money in this w- with these projects. but once the companies have demonstrated prowess at deploying fiber um, and at penetrating that fiber once it's deployed, the market will fast forward the assumption of of future returns. once, Lumen has demonstrated they can deploy fiber at a pace of 1.6 million homes a year, it becomes relatively mechanical thereafter. Once they've shown they can get to 40% penetration in their first homes, um, that becomes fairly mechanical uh, as well. And so you don't have to wait until the project's complete and you've reached terminal penetration to get value for this. The market will give these companies credit for for that value um, long before you get to the end state.
0: How big a role do you expect U.S. private equity and infrastructure funds to play in local fiber-to-the-home market?
1: It's um, it's been pretty significant already. We've seen in that list of transactions, uh, all of the ones that are dark blue here are financial deals. That's largely private equity and infrastructure funds um, putting money into fiber assets. These aren't all consumer assets, fiber-to-the-home assets. Um, but a number of a, a number of them are and and so it, it it's it, in many cases we're seeing private equity um, doing this in conjunction with um, with Ilex either by buying assets out of the Ilex so that they've got capital to invest themselves um, or doing it um, in conjunction with Ilex that remain remain public through recapitalizations like we saw with consolidated communications, it's the the big issue was that the the you know th- this opportunity has been sitting out there for ILex to access for years. They haven't had uh, the capital or the will to do it. Um, in order for it to happen, both those things are required capital and will um, and so the private equity funding infrastructure funding that's coming into the market is is a is a is, is sort of critical. For, um, uh, for, these, for these deployments to happen.
0: So does Wall Street care whether these fiber assets are aerial or buried?
1: Yes, uh, ultimately yes. I mean, to, to put a finer point on it, Wall, Wall Street doesn't really have any idea on whether the assets are aerial or, or, uh, or buried or what that means. Um, but the cost to deploy depends a, a good deal on the mix of aerial versus buried fiber. Um, the number of homes that you can upgrade at attractive IRRs within your footprint, um, as a result, depends on the the, the mix of plant. Um, and so, ultimately, um, it it matters a good deal. Although Wall Street, you know, investors aren't all that uh, focused on on the specifics. What they're focused on is, you know, what what's the number of homes where we can turn copper into gold. Um, that number of homes ultimately is dependent on the mix of the mix of plant.
0: Well, Jonathan, I know you have a hard stop, and so I want to be respectful for that. Um, I could sit here all day and talk to you about this. This is really fascinating and I love your research. So thank you so much for sharing your insights with our audience today. Uh, Next week's going to be great. We're going to be talking about the future of tribal broadband with Bobby Gonzalez, who's the chairman of the Cato Nation. So you're not going to want to miss that. So thanks for joining us today. And we look forward to getting back together next Wednesday. So thanks everyone. And thanks, Jonathan.